Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Have you ever wondered how to commit human sacrifice and destroy all the evidence while having a delicious meal at the same time? It's called cannibalism. And all it means is eating another human being. It's not that hard. Okay, let's get something straight. That's a quote from Tim Heidecker, not my personal journal. Our campaign is Horror on the Orient Express, and this is episode 74. I am your game master and Jeff Wilkins, who will be giving the recap. Enough said. Let's begin our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Thanks, Tom. In our last episode, our group had just gotten back to our hotel after a brutal fight where we, where our contact, Baylad, was killed in a cold blood right before our eyes. We also ended up fighting off some sort of skin creature that Baylad morphed into. While in the hotel, we see a gentleman who contacts us to say that the police chief at the consulate wishes to speak with all of us. We're told that we're not in trouble, but we're all a bit nervous that this might be a trap. We discuss it briefly and decide to go. We arrived at the consulate and we met Sir Douglas Rutherford, the commissioner. It turns out that the commissioner is familiar with Dr. Keith's work and has heard that we are in town, so he's reached out to us to help him. His nine-year-old son, James, has gone missing uh, earlier in the afternoon and he doesn't trust his own police force, or more specifically, the Turkish police officers in his precinct. He hopes that we can help locate his son. Dr. Keith asks the commissioner if he's by any chance heard of the Shand Mosque, and to our surprise, he has. He points to the location on, of the mosque on the map and notes that it is in a bad section of town. They suspect it's being used by some bad people, but that no one has been ever no one has ever been able to catch them there. We also obtain a letter of authorization from the commissioner, which should help us to navigate the city a little bit better and possibly allow us into places we might not otherwise be allowed to go. As we line up a group of the house servants, one of them stands out as having scars and looks like he's got dead eyes. The man panics and starts to run and confess to taking the child and claims the ones responsible are the brotherhood of the skin. Just then, he's strangled by a tattoo that looks like a snake and he falls dead. By this time, it's around 8 p.m., we decide to take a chance on visiting the Top Copy Museum and the chance that we might speak with someone in charge. We get the name of Professor Azup, who is the director of the museum. We arrive and we do in fact meet the professor. We speak to the man and he does in fact have four remaining Sedefkar scrolls that we're looking for. We head towards the back room where the scrolls are kept, but as he pulls down the bone cases, he opens them and they're missing. We check the logbook to see who was the last one to sign in and we discover the name Salim Makriat. The name is familiar to us all. The note is dated approximately 14 years ago. Salim is the man who would be approximately the same age as Smythe. Salim is, we assume, the current leader of the skinless cult. His son's name is Mehmet. We bounce a few ideas around and then we decide to call it an evening. That brings it up to date. Okay. One thing that you left out was there was a piece of parchment in the the scroll cases that said something about uh, 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 Garaznet. Yes. Uh, the scholar, the thief. 
It said, uh, the skinless one reclaims what is his. Cursed be Garaznet, the thief, for his treachery. And then I think we got a little more information on him. I have written down my notes. Uskadar Cemetery is where he's buried. Yes. He was a minor scholar. He died 400 years ago. And that uh, that the the director was quite upset that the the things were gone. Yes. When when we told where he was buried as well. Uskadar uh, Cemetery. Sorry. Which is on an island. Yeah. Everything's cutting in and out a lot tonight. All right. Um. Let's establish time of day. Uh, it was evening, I believe, when you left um, Top Copy Museum. And uh, what are you going to do? You can, of course, just go back to your hotel for the night. Well, I think that's probably the best thing, isn't it? I mean... Um... I suppose tomorrow we would need to find out who this um, Goransnat was and how he's connected to the the, the cult. There might, there might be more information about that. Um, and what happened 14 years ago why why was why was it that they chose to steal the scrolls then yeah yeah was there anything that triggered that and and surely we need to find out about this um salim macriot am i pronouncing that right macriot i think macriot so we need to find out who he is whether he's alive, whether are there are any descendants of his. I imagine um, the Red Mosque is is connected to him as well. If, he's, if it's the center of the cult, if it's the center of the same cult. Am I remembering right that going back to the Journal of Smythe. Which you guys still have. Okay. Is that where we f first learned of Salim and Mamet? I believe so. That is correct. And were they the ones... Oh, Thomas dropped. Oh. Were they the ones that were... that w we basically ended the whole scenario on an island? I believe so. Well, let me let me give you a little rundown. What we had happened have, was we have the journal. So. Right, you <laughs> have the journal. So a, a little bit of a refresher. Um, and this is kind of out of out of chronological order. Just just sort of the what what the journal had said. Basically, there was a cult, the skinless cult, uh, headed by Salim Makriat. Uh, that was 30 years ago. 
um, uh, there's a good, there's a good, uh, well, because it's in the journal, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Professor Smythe knew who this person was. Uh, Professor Smythe also had mentioned that he could not go to Constantinople for fear of these people. Right. Um, uh, there had been some sort of a fractioning because uh, there was, uh, the main story was about this guy with the Fez, uh, and his name was Hieronymus uh, something, I can't remember at the moment, but he had once been in the skinless cult and had broken away from it um, to start his own little cult. And apparently that it was all being headed by a slave girl who was like the high priestess of that cult. They were on the island. Uh, but the characters in that story actually went to Salim to find out information on the other cult. Okay. So he was kind of the rich guy, I think, that we... No, that was that was another person. That was the Frenchman. Uh, I knew it was a French person. Um, Salim was, was held up in a, in a, like a fortress on the other side of the, the Bosporus, the Sea of Marmara or something like that. In any case, you had, they had met with them just to find out who these other this other cult was. And he had contempt for them, and he didn't... He seemed indifferent to, uh, to what was going on. But he gave your characters enough information on the other cult to stop them from what they were doing. I think, was it kind of like the uh, enemy of my enemy sort of thing? Yeah, I believe so. Kind of, yeah. And I think that's the way that you approached it, too. Your characters approached it. What if... What if we ta try talking to... Well, let's... Let's assume that the other characters are... Uh, from, from the stories that we read back, from, back uh, in Smythe's journal. What if one of them is still alive? There was the, the Frenchman, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if we've tried finding him and maybe he has information about the skinless cult? He may still be around. Yes, there's a needle in a haystack, though. 30 years. There wasn't really any indication of how old the man was back then. Salim yeah. was quite old back then. Um, yeah, but we're talking about, years. yeah, we're talking about cultists. Yeah, we're certainly... About you can certainly investigate that. That's just that's a theory of mine. Mm -hmm. Was there also, any Aldrich, you said that you, I mean you, you did mention that you wanted to go out um, this evening and uh, go into the rougher neighborhoods to investigate. Did you still want to do that, or uh, after being told that we possibly could get? assaulted or worse, and because we don't have uh, anyone who can translate for us, I, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, we could maybe ask about the abandoned district, but how long has it been abandoned for? You said 
You said it was specific. That that area of town was specifically abandoned, not just a mosque. No. 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 The mosque was, is abandoned. Oh well, then. The the area is just really run down and bad. Criminal, a lot large criminal element in that area. Oh yeah. We could well, we could go in there. I just I I, I kind of looked to Frank and Elizabeth. I don't think these two would want to accompany us. And I don't feel comfortable with just the two of us going out there alone. I, I didn't necessarily want to do it, but I, I know they mentioned it. So eh. it, it, um, it doesn't seem like the safest place to, for me to go. Um, I will say this. You're in a, a very uh, different place than what you are normally used to. And... A, a, a large popular, a large portion of the population in this area, they wear robes, especially in winter. And someone walking down the street, bundled up in robes, with their head covered and everything, you wouldn't know who they were. You had said something the other, last time about uh, a disguise. True. I think we stopped and picked that stuff up. Did we? I thought we. I know we talked about it. Well, it it would be something you could get just about anywhere. So. Yeah, I think it was on the way back from, the bathhouse. Oh well, if uh, if we can, I if we can use the disguises, then yeah, sure, why not? Just want to be careful. Yeah, if we just if we're just careful and we wear the robes and we cover our faces and. Make sure that no one, not even the, the Brotherhood of the Skin, can notice us. I don't see why there's a problem. Just walk through the town, kind of case it, case the place out. At least identify the location. And of course, go on, just in case. Yeah. I. Uh, I assume that we're we're going armed. I mean, armed. Uh, I have a pocket knife. I'm not really armed for a gunfight. I I have my my little handgun. That's that's any help. And of course, if anybody gets hurt, I have my medical equipment. I I will point out that Doctor Elizabeth is a rather large woman. <laughs> And I'm just one. I'm listening to you guys well, she, say. Well, well, she can bodyguard us then. <laughs> well, I mean, if I if I I'm still clearly a woman though. I mean, if I were to to pull on a a, a burqa, I would just look like a large woman in a burqa. You would also be a large woman in a burqa walking around in the middle of the night without males watching over you, which would. Uh... Well, I've got some with three men. Yeah, I'm not sure if. If that wouldn't stand, it's, it's up to you. Yeah, that could that could be a bit unusual to be a woman walking around at night, just generally. Unless, you get a, unless, unless we get like a, 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 a fake beard that you can put on. Are we going to a stoning? <laughs> you might end up at one if you do something like that. <laughs> No, no, I'm definitely a man. 
Uh, it, it should just be noted for the record that they still stone people in this city at that time, at the time that we're playing. Oh, do they? Okay. For adultery. Well, nobody's committing adultery. She's just dressing up. All right. So what do you want to do? Well, it's, I mean, it's up to you guys. Um, I can go one way or the other. Eldridge. Well, I'm, Eldridge I'm going to, I'm going to stay at the hotel. I think I'd be more of a burden than a help. Eldridge. Yes. I, I'm sorry, I, I, I walked over to close the door. What did I miss? Uh, well, this is your idea, so the um, question is, do you want to still do this? Well, we have disguises, we're armed, and I think that if we all go as a group... Bloody hurdy-gurdy man down there in the street. A racket. <laughs> So it's an odd time to be serving ice cream. Um, it's the dancing bear. <laughs> oh, it's the circus. Let's go. Um, if we have disguises, we're all armed, and we go as a group. I think that Doctor we'll Elizabeth said that she's going to stay. Oh, even then, three of us will be fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold it against Elizabeth if she didn't go. I mean, she's a woman in a predominantly very strict patriarchy. I just, I just think it would attract undue attention if I was a woman walking around with you at night. Exactly. So, maybe, maybe it is best for you to head back to the hotel. We'll get dressed and then we'll head out. It'd be, it'd be different if some of us, if, if one of us could speak Turkish and we could bluff it out. It would be diff different, but uh... right. yeah. I, I, right. I don't think that we want to involve Freyr, so I think we should just go ourselves, just to see what what the location is and where it is, and uh, and then come back. All right. What well, time? I'm, I'll begin an investigation of this bottle of gin while while you're all away. No problem. Maybe you could also prepare a bunch of bandages for when we get back to. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, 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 I have, I have medical equipment, so if you do get hurt. All right. So what time? Uh, how? Yeah, we're, we're like three miles away from uh, the, uh, the hotel, right? You actually, well... Where are you right now? You're oh yeah, you're at the, the museum. The which, top is across, copy. which is across the bridge. That's true. And your hotel is across the bridge. Mm -hmm. Um from where you are now. Uh but the mosque is on this side of the bridge. Exactly. So it would be an hour there and then an hour back, essentially. And then an hour back again. Yeah, so three hour. Unless you guys just stayed on this side. But Elizabeth would be walking around alone. Could we possibly pay a uh, a rickshaw? Yeah. Something to transport her over there? Yeah, I'm okay. sure you could. Okay, so we'll just do that. We'll pay a rickshaw, we'll get dressed, and uh, we'll head out. All right. So am I coming then? Oh, no. You're, you're, you're in the rickshaw. You're going that way. Okay. You're going to the hotel. Oh, right, sorry, I misunderstood the 
and uh, the rest of you are probably hanging out at a coffee shop or something until um, and the, the, the Turks practically invented the coffee shop idea. <laughs> um, all right, so would, what time? Go ahead. I would like a clear goal, though. It's 6.30 p.m. Apparently at 6.30 p.m. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm, I'll go back to the hotel and, and just sit there and uh, drink some coffee and eat some halva on, on my own. All right. Big pile of halva. You guys will come back and find her in a diabetic coma. <laughs> <laughs> about a piece like about that big, and that's like way too much at that point. It's a baklava. I've never had one. All right. Um, um, so I, I still don't remember. Did you guys give me a time when you're going to actually head in that direction? Uh, I'd say, what? Frank and Theodore, about 1045. Uh, I'm following you, so I mean, that's, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. So you were told that it was just north of uh, where the whole Lab incident had occurred. So if you hang around a coffee shop near that, then you can just, you know, Try wandering down the streets and see what you find. So we'll assume that that's what you're going to do. So it's about 10.45. Uh, you've had a lot of coffee. You're kind of wired. Um, you guys are well wrapped up. And uh, from even fairly close, you guys just look like somebody bundled up for, you know, you've been shopping or you're out walking or something, and now you're coming back or vice versa. Um, I would like the three of you to do a luck roll. See, we've been spending our luck points of candy earlier when we're going to need it. Fail for me. Fail for me, too. Thomas? It's a pass for me. I'm pretty sure my third my I'm pretty sure my luck is 36. I lo I lost the original sheet. And oh. I got a I got a 23. I'm pretty sure that I haven't gone beneath 30 for my luck. I will look to see if I can find your original sheet and send it to you but Okay. Well, I've been spending I've been spending luck points, so Right. Yeah. Um All right. Uh, uh, the, the, the gist of the evening, it takes you about two hours walking around, going down this alley and like that. You do see a few people, um, shadowy people in corners here and there. Um, one of them approaches you, uh, at a certain point, uh, th assuming that you guys are looking for drugs um hashish um which you guys just know um unless you want to uh finally you're walking down the street you turn on a corner that you haven't turned yet and as you're walking 
you notice that up ahead along this on the side of the the little street it's a narrow little uh almost an alleyway um there is a large brick building uh that you're pretty sure is a mosque uh it's it's definitely in in ill repair uh if it was once white once whitewashed it's the whitewash is all gone so it is definitely a red building because of the brick um if there were once gardens around it they are just weeds um there's garbage here and there uh you even see a couple of dead animals a dead cat uh uh, dead rats and and things like that and um you think that it's prudent just to walk by and as you do you can see that there are there is some like uh, lanterns or something up on the porch of the of the mosque and there are at least three men that are just sort of lounging there smoking and chatting with one another they don't see you but very likely if this is the sense seat of the cult then those are cult members and it does look like an extremely dangerous area that you wouldn't want to get anybody's attention unless you want to do something crazy <laughs> <laughs> No, nope, I'm just gonna keep walking. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna we're we're, we're really out here just doing a um, a basic scouting sort of a mission where we're just well, you can see up onto the porch, and there are two rather large doors. Uh, the doors are look like they're thick oak doors with little studs all over in them, little metal studs. Um, in a decorative pattern. So it was obviously once a, a mosque, probably a maybe even a nice mosque at one point, but it hasn't been for a long, long, long time. And there are definitely some shady characters. Okay. Any lights right. in the building they're on? You don't see any lights. Um, it's a fairly, it's not a large mosque. Uh, you know, maybe about the size of a, You know, maybe not much more than like a church would be in the, in a small town, but uh, yeah, there's no. It's not like there's service. There's there's no lights inside. Just um, just the one on the porch, with the guys sort of laughing and uh, smoking and probably torturing small animals or some horrible thing like that. Um. I will say to the other guys, let's um, let's look around. Not particularly in this this particular alleyway or this mosque area, but like let's see if there's like a connecting sewer or cistern that we might be able to get access to. Well, it's too dark for you well, to I mean, see anything like that where you are. Okay. There's almost no street lights anywhere near this area, so. The only, in fact, it may be that that just the fact that you're there would make them suspicious. So you don't want to make any noise or approach too close. Right. And it's very dark where you're standing. So. Okay. 
are you going to stay there for a while or are you going to go back to the hotel? I say we go back. Um, we actually have an idea of where this place is. So if we want to come back and, and uh, investigate later, maybe during the day. Um, yeah. We should do that. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, Frank, do you this agree? Is more of a recon mission than, than anything else. So. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I just, right. I'm just thinking mentally that I'm tempted to stop and like lift my trouser legs and go, Yoo-hoo! <laughs> but that's probably then, a bad idea, so I'm not going to do that's that. That's a very bad idea. Yeah, because then Mick would have to start his, uh, his game next week. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So you guys head back to the hotel. You don't have any uh, dangerous incidents or anything. But you were very uneasy. Your adrenaline is pumping. Just from far from the creepiness of the whole thing. I think we got lucky. All right, so you're back at the hotel. All right. So Thanks I say, to get back. I say we get some rest and uh Start fresh tomorrow. And Dr. Elizabeth, do you stay up and wait for them? Yes, yes. Well, I, right. I was expecting a catastrophe. It's about one o'clock when they show up, one in the morning. Pleasantly surprised when they turn up without any cuts or bruises. All right. So you, I assume you're going to go to sleep that night. Uh, you all have uh, disturbing dreams, but just because... There's so much stress involved in this part that, I mean, nothing, nothing really mythical, but, but this is all very creepy. So you, you have restless night sleeps, but you can all gain back a, one sanity point. Okay. <laughs> You're going to need them. <laughs> okay. All right. The next morning comes. Um, is uh, Faye going to come and meet you at eight? Yes. Wasn't that the plan? Gentlemen? Well, I don't know if there was a plan. I don't think we discussed it. I think by this time he would have. Yeah. He would show up at eight o'clock. And if, Even if, if it's if, just to see if you need him. Right, right. So uh, he joins you at breakfast, but he doesn't eat. He's already eaten. Hmm. Madam, ladies, uh, madam, gentlemen. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, fair. Will you need my services today? Yes, we were going to go back to the um, to the museum. Well, now that's right. We we're missing those scrolls. Um, hmm. We do need a translator, though. So he doesn't mind um, tagging along. But if you guys don't mind him tagging along. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mind because he's getting paid, so. 
I'll let you guys, um, you guys said that he was a bit more trustworthy than I was giving him credit for, so. Yes, I believe that Fair is trustworthy. I believe that we can, I don't think we can give him the full story as to what's going on, but we can at least give him snippets. He seems more confused by our mission than anything. I'm, I'm still not convinced by him. I mean, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. For now, he was but... there with him when he, we were all together, except for Theodore, when he, we were literally saying things and he was like, what? What are you talking about? Yes, perhaps he's just a good actor, though. I doubt it. He's barely, he's barely an adult. Well, like I said, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now, but I, I remain skeptical. All right. Oh, so what is our 100% plan? What, 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 what are our leads so far? I feel like we're back to square one again. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we well, no, not maybe not square one, because we do have some information now that we can look into. But it's, it's another search, because now, so we have this Garazet person, which is, again, going to be trying to find a needle in the haystack, because that's all we have on him is a name and the location of where he's buried. He um, died 400 years ago. For the record, did I give you an age for failure? No. I you thought might. he was about like 21. Yeah, you well, might have. Here's the thing. In my, uh, on my notes, it says young man. But when I just looked at his actual stats, it says 29. Oh. But... I'm going to say that he's like 24. Okay. So he's a young man, but he's not a baby. <laughs> I thought that he was like 17, but no. He's educated, so he had to have some sort of education. Well, if he's educated, maybe he knows more about... He seems to know a little bit. Like you said, he's, he's, he went to a university, so maybe he knows. Uh, it's Gaznet. 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 Uh, maybe he knows a little bit about. I feel like it. It could be a clue. It could be a lead, but I don't know how. We know nothing about him other than he's buried somewhere. Well, do an do an idea roll. I think do an idea roll. Well. That was nope. I I'm dumb today. I haven't woken up. <laughs> Gotta get well, that first cup of coffee. In that case, let me just sort of give you some uh, some like little Socratic pushes. Um, well, uh, when you were at when, last night, when you were at the museum, what did you find? Or what did you not find? We didn't find the scrolls. The scrolls were stolen. And. Mm. Who stole them? Oh, we think the cult, but Gary's well, not. May, may have... No, Celine stole them. Well, Celine, Celine yes. specifically stole them. Right. 
How many were there? Four. Four. How many are there? Five. So maybe the maybe the 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 message is thinking that maybe Gera's net Stole. had one of the scrolls. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, that was confusing me. Of course, you know that he didn't. <laughs> you have it. Okay, well... Then we're kind of in a pickle. Because we then know where the scroll is, where the scrolls are. They're in the mosque. They're with the cults. If they were all there. I mean, there's there's a lot of ifs still. Yeah. Well, I believe that if the cult has possession of them, they're probably within the mosque. Which is not a good place for us to go, period, Ed. And Salim had some sort of a a beef with this. 400-year-old scholar, which sort of doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Unless Salim is 400, because he seems to know knowledge that no one else does, because he, he calls him a thief. They, they could just be one of these old family blood feuds, though, couldn't they? Well, if it's a family feud... Or something like that. Maybe there's record of it. I, I'm afraid that by helping, I may have caused some confusion too. Um, <laughs> Don't help. We'll figure it out. Well, it may be that. Well, I shouldn't even say it, but it may be that when Salim went to steal the scrolls, that there were some missing, mm. which is why he. Cursed be Gerisnet, the thief. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I know I'm, oh. I'm confusing you. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. How? I think you. I think you actually helped. How long has the museum been open? The top copy museum. Yeah. How long has the actual museum been open? Well, it has been a museum, except maybe for the last twenty years. Maybe. Okay. If I mean, if the Ottoman Empire, if it was if, a palace. if it just recently was converted into a museum, how could Garrisonet have taken the scrolls? Because he's not dead. He's still around. He's still. He's a, he's like Selim. He's like uh, he, he's like the vampires. He's immortal. And yet he's buried in the Uskadar. <laughs> well, let's mm. let's go see. Let's go confirm or deny. It shouldn't be hard to go to a graveyard. Are you, are you proposing that that we we we, we disinter a four hundred year old grave? But, I don't. I don't think the locals are going to take very kindly to that sort of thing. I don't think that we we do that. I also don't think he was. Uh, I don't think he was maybe buried. I think he may be in a mausoleum somewhere. Um, 
if he was of any province, he may have been in a mausoleum, which means it's easier. But I mean, if, if we if we went there and did that, and we found four hundred year old bones in a mausoleum, how how would we know that they were his four hundred year old bones? Exactly. I guess that's that's a point. That's a good point. We don't. I'm confused why even Salim would leave this note. Who was he writing this note to? Is he writing it to us? That's a good point. I mean, we, we, we briefly talked about it before that, first of all, it seemed odd that if you're going to go in and steal something that you would sign a logbook and leave clear trail back to you. And, and we kind of said, well, maybe it's just because he's brazen or confident and or could just be a trap. Well, and if, you know. if that was 14 years ago, he, if, if, I mean, you guys weren't allowed to come in here unless you. Yeah, but I mean, like, if, the thing here is if, if uh, he had some sort of uh, quarrel with, with Smite, he might have thought that Smite might have, you know, eventually come back for, for the, the this role. Maybe. I don't know. You know, I'm just wrong about that. So he's saying the skinless one reclaims what is his. Cursed be Gerizet, a thief for his treachery. So based off of I think what Tom you were kind of getting at was that he's basically just venting. He's saying he's cursing Gerizet for taking the fifth scroll. Well, and well, look at the the, the the language used treachery like that sounds like a betrayal like Garisnet was originally a part of the cult that's a good point so he may have been a scholar but he may have been part of this this cult which is how or why he has the ability or he's aged, and he can uh, come and take or take missing scrolls, because there. Let's hypothetically say, what? Oh, yeah. Look out behind you! Look out behind me! It's a monster with meatballs. Thank you, Toby. <laughs> uh, let's say that Salim only knows that there are five. I'll just hypothetically say he knows that, there, that, 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 that there's that there's five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why would he leave the note unless there were some missing at the actual museum? Right. I think that okay. makes sense. So which ones were taken and why? And how is Garza alive and why did they take those specific ones? Except we know that Garaznet didn't take it. Well, but we always had one. We always had one scroll that no one else knew about. So maybe he took it a long, long time ago before it even. Maybe he. Maybe Garrisnet was involved in the cult, and he realized what was going on, and he had a change of heart, and he took something. He took the scroll. And hit it. We found it in the dreamlands, right? 
Yes. We did. Yes, we did. It was in the mouth of the bear, if I'm correct. You yeah. you found it. You found it hidden there by uh, by William. What's his name? Um, who already had it in his possession? Do we know from where? Do we remember that? I believe oh. that he said that he had gotten it from somebody during the war as a trinket or something like that. It's been a while. If you it's don't been remember, a while. I don't go remember. back. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to go back and watch the episode. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm willing to trace down to see what we find on this guy, but I just am not convinced that he has anything to do with it. I know, but we have no other leads other than, in my opinion, they have it. It's at, it's at the mosque. So we saw that mosque, right? I mean, it, it looks, it's in a bad section of town. It's run down. Would you store something that valuable to your cult? If it's well fortified. I suppose it depends what, what relevance the place has to the cult. If it's, if it's sacred place or, or whatever whatever the, the the evil version of sacred is um, if, it, if it is a place of some importance to the cult then that might be the only place they can store things I mean it could go underground there could be hidden areas even just a, a little hidden Chamber where they could where they could hide things. All right, so I'm going to throw this idea out there. So we have the police commissioner on our side, and he's already said that if we needed men, he would provide men for us. What if we just storm the, the mosque with a bunch of police? We we say we're we suspect that the police commissioner's son is being held here captive. We bring in 30, 30 cops with us. But didn't he also say that anytime they went looking, no one was there? Yeah, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's, mm. maybe we would give us the opportunity to search the building. And like you say, maybe there's secret passages. Or Well, yeah. And I mean, if, it sounds like people have been in there before. They know that people aren't there when they arrive. Maybe we go back to the commissioner and ask, and we and we talk about storming the mosque. Did we ever get a photo of the commissioner's, uh, not the commissioner, but the uh, consulate's uh, son? No. Perhaps we should get one. That way we can identify him. If we do see him. I mean, if we're going to head back there anyway. Well, I could make the suggestion to you. He'll be the one little white boy. I, yeah, I was under the impression that these guys pretty much snatched up anybody. Um, Turkish, Greek. Uh, right. English. But most of them have, have you know, uh, tan olive skin okay. as opposed to a little white British boy. Embedding oh. that, that fellow in the... Uh... 
in the household also, also tends to indicate that it was a long-term plan. Unless they just possessed someone having to work there. I vaguely remember that he wasn't on staff for that long. Uh, I could be wrong, but I vaguely recall that. Yeah, something right. like that. It was like uh, two weeks. Yeah, something like that. Can I ask Fair, uh, does does Gara's net sound like a Turkish name? Yes. Okay. But he doesn't know who that is. Yeah, Fair, if you hear us talking and we start, and you know what we're talking about, Please jump in. <laughs> Did you guys say anything about Uskidar, the cemetery? Uh, yeah, we were talking about where he was buried and possibly yeah. going to dig up the bones. He, he knows the cemetery. It's a huge cemetery. I think I remember looking this up before. Is this the same? Is this the Island of the Dead? We're going to say that. 750 square acres of cemetery. I probably have the I probably have the location completely wrong, but hey, in this universe, it's on an island <laughs> in the Sea of Marmara. <laughs> he says that it's 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 huge cemetery. It's uh, it's still used. Um, so there are people that go there. Um, there's probably a ferry that will take you there, you know, probably goes every couple of hours. And uh, it's all overgrown. There's trees, there's cypress trees all over it. It's like being in a forest of gravestones and trees. I just remembered. I remember Island of the Dead from when we were looking at Venice. We were trying to figure out where do they bury their dead. Oh, that was in Venice, yeah. I think that was in Venice, yeah. So I'm, yeah, forget I said that. But it sounds like it's the same thing. It's a place where they bury. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. That's kind of what I'm thinking is we just storm the castle. I think we should talk to the commissioner first, but yeah, I mean, to me, that seems like that's where they would be in my head, at least some of them, some of the scrolls. All right, well, let's, let's do it. Okay, I, I suspect, though, that, that there's not going to be the political will to, to, to go in there and storm the place. I think things are quite tense here at the moment. Even if it's under the guise of trying to find his son? Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's, his hands may be tied. So, I mean, we should put the idea to see how much power he actually has. If he's not really, I mean, if he's beholden to, to um, 
people back home, then he might not be able to act. Well, this is something like that. We'll have to go through yeah. the foreign office. Hmm. It's his son too, so I, I'm, I'm thinking he's willing to bend a few rules. Well, certainly, if we could use that to our advantage, that would be uh, very useful in trying to find these scrolls. Realize too that he suspects that some of the police force might be members of the cult. Yeah. Yes, that's the last thing we'd need with the bullets flying, isn't it? Hmm. I keep coming back to something you said earlier tonight, Tom, where you you said that Selene was in a fortress. That was 30 years ago, yes. But it makes me think there's more than what isn't. There's not just this Shandmas that is important to them. The fortress might still be in use. That's mm. true. We've got well, let's find out whatever happened to it. I mean, is it still standing, you know? Yeah. You know, was there um did it get shut down basically by, by the British? Maybe shut it yeah. down. Yeah. And we don't know anything about it either. We don't know where it's at. It's the same sort of we'd be searching for another Sean Moss. That would be highly likely. Any kind of a weird religious cult would have been suppressed by the British over the last. Maybe someone someone has to know something about the Brotherhood of the Skin. I mean, they were. It seems like they're a pretty prevalent part of Istanbul, Constantinople. Mm. Someone has to know something. Maybe we, maybe we've been, maybe we've been asking. We haven't been asking like the one question, which is, do you know anything about a cult named the Brotherhood of the Skin? Well, since this investigation started, I've been searching and asking about a person named Sedevkar, and only last night was the first time we met anyone who's ever heard of him before. Yeah. There's also an inherent problem in that. If they have heard of him, they're probably members. <laughs> right. Uh, what do we do? <laughs> no, so it, the, 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 the big problem is that we can't really trust anyone, can we? Not at all. That's the problem. We can't trust anybody. But we have to ask questions. Hmm. Well, you've been discussing this in front of, well, in front of Thayer. And he says, I don't, I don't understand all of what you are saying. And it's none of my business. But it would seem like there is something important about this Gerizmet at Uskadar Cemetery.
perhaps something written on the epitaph or he suggests it seems like you are following clues to find something which is which is what i expect because you guys are investigating historical things and yeah i mean if if we're open to going to uh, the cemetery, I think we should go and maybe not dig up his body, but ask, you know, the, the caretaker if anything strange has ever happened or maybe street seen any strangers wandering around. We got no other lead other than Garrison, so I think that going is probably the best option. Other than Elizabeth's there. That's the, that's the second solid lead we have. A gypsy with a bear running around Constantinople. <laughs> leads aren't leads just because the GM says something. <laughs> I know. Well, but that, but that is legitimately, like, in my head, the only lead. Other than the mosque. We still have the mosque when we see it. And the hurdy-gurdy player. Yeah. And the hurdy-gurdy player. It's the monkey I don't trust. Alright. So what's your move today? How far away would this cemetery be? What's involved with getting there? You'd have to go down uh, to the docks. You'd have to either take the ferry or uh, rent, you know, uh, get somebody to take you over there. Uh, it's about an hour's trip over there and an hour's trip back. Um, so, uh, uh, Fayer says uh, he believes that there is a ferry that goes every two hours. It takes, it leaves, it takes an hour to get there and then an hour to get back and then it goes back and forth all day. Because people have people buried out there. There's more. There there will be people out there mourning their dead ones. They're they're departed. The only other thing I can think is that it was mentioned that he was a minor scholar. So do we want to hit the library first to maybe see? Libraries have not stirred us wrong before, Frank. I think that's a good idea. Do they, have, do they have last names? Is this his first name or his last name? Well, we don't even know that, do we? No, 400 years ago, it wasn't really important for last names. Seems quite a well-known figure. Scholar. Scholar of what? That's the question. Scholar would usually indicate that he wrote something. So let's see what he wrote. Find out. There's got to be something. He, he wouldn't leave that. Selene wouldn't have left that if it weren't kind of a message for someone. Mm -hmm. Even if it was, if it was us, or if it was Garrisnet, if my hypothesis is correct. Well, it's still early, so let's let's hit the library first, and then if we find anything we did great. If we don't, then let's head to the cemetery. Right. Onward. Okay. Now, I, now I've got the hurdy gurdy song in my head. Huh. Hurdy. 
All right, so you're going to head to the docks. Um, are you guys going to, what, what, are you going to take anything with you? Wait. What are you planning when you get there? Well, so we're going to the library first. Oh, you're going to the library. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my pistol wherever I go in this. I don't, I don't feel particularly safe here. And it's I, have my, I have my, my uh, new medical equipment. I'm taking my pistol. I've got my small knife. And I'm still got a pocket full of garlic. Brass knuckles and a pocket knife. That's all I need. And $50 in my pocket. That was given back to me by Frank. It's dead man's money, though. <laughs> so I have to spit on it every two hours. All right. So you're going to head over to the library with Fayer in tow to help you read. All right. So you arrive at the you arrive at the library. And um, uh, what do you do? You're going to look up uh, Karaznet. Karaznet. All right, go ahead and do, uh, let's see. Uh, how, Dr. Elizabeth, go ahead and do a, a, a library roll. Okie dokie. I've got 37 out of 60. Hmm. That's good. All right. It takes you a little while. And I guess I guess that um, the fact that he's somewhat obscure, you can find a few references that give, you know, the day that he was born and the day that he died. And uh, it's about 400 years ago. Um, he was best known for... Uh, constructing uh, mathematical and logical puzzles. But he's not that well known. Like nothing really um, significant, just kind of a puzzle maker, mathematical puzzle maker. Okay. You wanted to hide something, isn't it? Yeah. Nothing about the way he died or anything like that? Mm -mm. Apparently old age. Mm. There's always been a strong connection with mathematics in the occult. Mm. Maybe the puzzles, these puzzles he created were clues in themselves they were meant to be solved why don't you uh, go ahead and do another library role for me which one of us let's say Eldridge do the library role. let's uh, I mean I, I, I know I offered but my library kind of sucks hmm. can, I, can I shove the books across the desk to the two doctors in the room alright <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Elizabeth Forty-one. It's another pass. Okay. 
Um, Fayer says that it doesn't say what the epitaph is, but it says it, it, it's, it's kind of obscure what it's actually saying in this text. But it's, it's something like his last puzzle uh, nobody has ever been able to figure out what it means. And it has something to do with his epitaph. And everyone said I was crazy for going to the graveyard. Can we see this puzzle? Is it possible for us to... Well, there's nothing in the book that says what it is, but... Uh, apparently it's on the gravestone. Oh. Or he says, actually, he says it's not. He says it doesn't make any sense what this says. But it's. He says, I'm going to assume because I have been to the cemetery, you know, when a relative dies. I've been there before. He says, I would assume that they're, you know, they're not like mausoleums, but I don't know how to describe it. They're stone sarcophagi with lids on them. You know, you move the lid out of the way. It's a tomb. I, I guess that's what you'd call it, is a tomb. He says that the, according to this, you could interpret it to mean that the, the, it's something written inside the lid of the tomb, which he says doesn't make any sense because you wouldn't be able to see it. He says that uh, the lids, they usually take a couple of people to lift them off. You'd need a crowbar. Well, we've broken into tombs before. Piece of cake. You guys have. This will be my first tomb. I'm glad to finally be part of the, the Tomb Raiders Club. <laughs> what can we find out about the cemetery? Is it is it massive? Is it small? It's 750 acres. That's huge. It's huge. It's the largest. It's the largest cemetery in Turkey. And it's probably most definitely haunted. Hmm. Well, they're not so superstitious as that, but some of them are, I guess. What if we were to create a little cover story that we are restoring his grave? So we bring like cleaning supplies and we bring brushes. And Maybe it set up. Still, it would still be a bit um, suspicious having a bunch of uh, Brits and Americans 
that too. You know. um, but then again, we're historians as well, so that could historians. be Fayer says if if you're going to do what I think you're going to do, then I would make two recommendations, he says. One is don't take the ferry because there's gonna be lots of people. <laughs> Go in the in the late afternoon or evening and rent hire somebody private. Because you can pay them to take you over there and keep their mouth shut. Just for the right price, some fisherman will do it. Hmm. What, what exactly are we hoping to find in this tomb? Other than the... I okay. mean... To what? I don't know. It, it, it's it's he created puzzles for a living, and no one can solve the last puzzle. Maybe the last puzzle has something to do with the scrolls, and it was created and it's just waiting for people like us. You think perhaps he stole the scrolls as as, as part of some greater design? I think so. But I, like I said, the the word treachery makes me think betrayal which means that he hmm. may have taken the scrolls and hid them away, hid some of them away, at the very least. Well, it's worth a go, isn't it? We haven't got much in the way of leads, so I suppose... It seems to... At the very least, a diversion. Is there any sort of a map? How, how are we going to find his gravestone out of acres? That's going to be tricky. You're going to have to look for it. I know personally from doing ancestry stuff that usually the cemetery keeps records and plot locations. Yeah, unfortunately, this cemetery has been there for a uh... very, very seven or eight hundred years, something like that. Well, that's what I mean. There, there's there's got to be, well, there doesn't have to be, but the cemetery usually keeps records because that's the whole point, is that you're trying to intern these people so that other people can come and visit them. It's possible. I mean, unless it was like a mass grave or something like that. But if he's important and he's got this history dedicated around... I don't know. Well, There's nothing in the library, don't, I assume. Don't build it up more than it is. There's very little information on this guy. He's not important to most, to anybody, apparently. Barely okay. mentioned. Uh, I'll suggest that we check the library for some sort of map of a cemetery. Sure. I, I think that's a good idea. It's a huge cemetery. It's got to be organized somehow. Some sort would, of... that be, would that be in the library? 
most of um, the ancestry stuff that I've done is always centered around libraries. Well, go ahead and do a um, a search or a, a library search, of uh, uh, Frank. Oh boy. Okay. Oh, there we go. A five out of twenty. Wow. You do find a number of old drawings of, uh, well, maps of the cemetery. Um, they don't list specific graves, uh, but what they do list is, like, it's all divided up into, like, little districts, if you will. And um, most of them are, they're, they've, they've all got... Arabic names to them or Turkish names to them, but uh, they're loosely by by date. So you could sort of figure that if he's you know about four hundred years ago, he's going to definitely be in this area because that's what they were using four hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So you can narrow it down, you know, to a. a you're still going to have to search, but. Uh, it probably won't take you more than an hour or so to search that area to find it. Okay. So how do you want to proceed? We'll say that now it's... Let's say it's about noon. Um, well, while we're, while we're at the library, if there is a genealogical section in the library. Okay. Um, could I have a look for um, anything um, appertaining to the family Macriot? Sure. When do a, a spot hidden roll? I mean, a, a library role. 50 out of 60. Hmm. Um, what you find is that Macriot is not an uncommon last name. There's quite a few. Ah. So I didn't think it would be that easy. <laughs> um, I approach Dr. Key. I say, if you could indulge me. Is it possible if for us to look for anything pertaining to the Frenchman? The, 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 the Frenchman? Yeah, the, 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 the man from Smythe's journal. Oh, now you, you, you must jog my mind, uh, because I, I, um, I, I, I joined your adventures um, sometime after you, you forgot about that. You that. weren't. You weren't. Hey. Oh, like. Hmm? Were you there? Were you not no. there? No. Nope. Not there. All right. So, uh, the Frenchman was a man that Smiles Associates approached when trying to find out more about the cult, the Blood Red Fez, which was a, a fez that would, would essentially suck the life directly out of you. 
would consume you literally from the inside out. Um, if I remember correctly, the Frenchman was a sort of ominous, very enigmatic kind of guy. If I remember correctly, he 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 lived alone in in Constantinople at the time, and he only went by the Frenchman. But he was uh, I wouldn't say an enemy of the the skinless cult or the blood red fez cult but he was in some association with them which makes me believe that he has some sort of supernatural ability or even magical knowledge so so what would i be searching for that's really the that's really the issue uh, i don't know how many french people lived in constantinople at the time of 1890 but then again, I don't know how many of them were also named a Frenchman. He was definitely a man, and he was definitely French, as according to uh, the journal. But I don't know if uh, Turkey's or yeah, Turkey's uh, rosters or census if they even had one during the Ottoman Empire. Um. Uh, of course, 30 years ago, the uh, Constantinople was just as cosmopolitan as it is now. There was people from all over the world. But um, realize, too, that the only reason why he's called the Frenchman is because that's what's written in the journal. Yeah. Right. He as may well, have had a name. He may have had a place, but it's not written down so yeah that's, that's that's why i assume he's french because why else would they write well he's a french guy he had a french accent you don't know that either it could just be a nickname it could be something that he called himself um who knows but we we need an actual name indeed from the from the blood red fez you know that he was extremely wealthy, um, that he was uh, uh, had total contempt for Salim and for these other people who were pretending to, you know, gain power with the Fez and all that. He was more or less contemptuous of them all. Which makes me kind of want to meet him because I'm the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and he didn't seem necessarily evil from what was written. He just seemed to be some guy. Some guy with knowledge. I'd rather have some guy with knowledge on our side than have guns in our hand and go up against an army of other people's skin-wearing monster people. And any advantage we can gain over the skinless cult, because we have none, would, in my opinion, be a benefit. Was that, well, was that name uh, of the cult with the blood red fez? Uh, yeah, the the brother, brotherhood of the blood red fez, or something like that. That was. <clears throat> Dear cultists, if anyone, if any cultists are watching, please create a directory of your organization. <laughs> There's too many of you. Take take uh, 
take the example of uh, the, the Church of Satan. They're well organized. They have directories. Exactly. Headquarters. Headquarters. You just walk in, ask questions. Well, yeah. I would have. I would have thought that um, there's, there's quite a lot of information on, for example, the uh, the cult of who are very popular in the U.S. Um, although they deny being a cult, but um, you, the Mormons? you can get lots of, lots of information. <laughs> no, no, not the Mormons. The you know the ones. <laughs> Yeah, we got now, lots of cults. Yeah, because I've I'd just like to point out at this point that, that I, I understand libel law. I live in one of the <laughs> I live in the country with probably the the most um, lax and easily abused libel laws in the world. So I'm not actually going to name that particular <laughs> cult. Um, Hieronymus, oh, that one. <laughs> Uh, the, the the leader of the Blood Red Fez was uh, Hieronymus Mencalf. He was a British man, but he uh, had his little red fez. And, and, he, and he, he was resident in Constantinople then? Yes. He perished along with uh, the woman alongside him. What was her name? Uh, she had a funny name. Um Ner Ner Neri Neris or something, something like that. Neris. The daughter of fate, something like that. They called her. It's a good Welsh name, Neris. Well, if we can't find anything, we can't find anything. I just thought we'd. You don't have anything solid to look up. Yeah. So. Mm. Right. Well. I think we should stick with the one side of the lead we have, which is the puzzle. Let's go and rob a tomb. Let's rob a tomb. All right. There's a book called The Whispering Fez. That, uh, that's true. I don't know what happened to that. Wasn't that uh, given over to Smythe's associate? Possibly. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Professor Demir. Oh, you know, you may want to go look him up. Finally. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, we may want to look him up because he may have had contact with, uh, with mine. They were friends, close friends. I say that after the tomb, we, we come back and, and we maybe look at a... I don't have address books here. Is he, wait, he's not here though, right? He's not in Constantinople. Yeah, he is. Is he? Demir? Yeah. Do you remember? Demir was the one who had his, uh, his family taken. We were at his house. Or, uh, his they, were, they were at his house. They negotiated for his release with the son. Yeah. He, he's here. To 
Telegram communications with Smiles regarding the cursed Fez. Anthropologist, Turkish, Greek, archaeology. Knows about magic, cults, Utre. He's a Muslim, Oriental Club, ally of the Ottoman court, loyal to the Ottoman Empire, trusted ally to Smythe, who lives in Constantinople. Might as well look him up. His son, if, if Demir is, is, has passed, his son may still be alive. True. All right. Let's go rob a tomb. <laughs> Right. Start putting black shoe polish on my face. Well, I want to know, uh, yeah, your preparations. I look at the, the can of shoe polish and go, carcinogen. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> oh, it means it was made in Carthage. Oh. Well, here you go. Here's your Carthage uh, shoe polish. It's an old historical recipe, apparently. Oh. From, from the ancient world. Crowbars, plural. Yeah. We um, had one, right? I know. I thought we had one. Yeah, the one I smashed over your fingers. Uh, yeah. They were called. They were called in the journal the Children of the Blood Red Fez. Okay. And the woman's name was Nisra. Nisra. That's right. And uh, as you're looking up, um, the uh, professor had three children. Toprak, T-O-P-R-A-K, Rana, A-R, I mean R-A-N-A, -A, and uh, Barlas, B-A-R-L-A-S. Barlas was the one who was kidnapped. This is like looking through a freaking Bible. This is just volume one. <laughs> but you have the journal, so you have all that information at your fingertips. Yeah. So, but for the for for the tomb. Uh, I think crowbars should be enough. Where are you going to get crowbars? We we have one. I thought that was left in the, the train. Oh, was it? Yeah, remember I took you, we, we had to take you to get treated. That's right. Injury. You're right. To the bazaar! Hmm. Okay. Bazaar is still going in full force right now. Take me to the district of crowbars at the bazaar, if I hear. Okay, the crowbar district. Um, there's at least 17 different shops that sell crowbars in the crowbar district next to the hammock district. Oh, okay. Um, no, okay. So you fairly easily find a crowbar. Um, and... Um, Go ahead and do a, a spot hidden roll. All of us? Sure. 
That is a fail. I'm gonna pull four. Eighty-seven. Um. Uh, I'm sorry. What was yours, uh, uh, Doctor Dawkins? It was a sixty-four out of a forty-five. Okay. So you guys are all now heading towards the docks, and um. Uh, it's crowded. It's crowded all around you. And Frank is kind of just looking around. And at one point, he suddenly says, Oh, my God, I saw the bear. No, you didn't, Frank. Come on. I did. It was, it was right over there. It was probably just a large dog. What, you saw, you saw the bear? Where? Right over there. there. What, with hair? The bear? <laughs> over there? Where? It had a little pink tutu around it. See, it was a dancing bear, I told you. Um, all right. How are you going to proceed? Uh, you've got the fairy, or you could try to find somebody else. I'm willing to pay a... Uh... A fisherman, if we want to kind of go on the low key. Okay. I'm up um, paying, paying a, um, a boatman as long as he's not wearing long black robes. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind when I'm making my selection. Um, well, as you're walking around, you can see down at the end of one little dock um, uh, a fisherman. He's uh, he's doing stuff on his boat. Whatever fishermen do on their boat, he's he's going back and forth to the dock and and stuff like that. Um, the area down here is not, you know, it's like any other dock. It's a little seedy, a little, you know, rough. But he's got a boat, a fishing boat. What do you want to do? He's about 30 feet down the, the little dock from you. You're all just going to stand there and stare off into outer space? Or... <laughs> Hello, sir. I approach. Um, he doesn't understand English, but uh, Fayer says, uh, you know, uh, uh, hello. <laughs> Uh, you tell me what you say, and he, he's just conveying it back and forth. Sure. I'm. We're looking to procure a ship that can take us to what? Yeah, what is it called? The Island of the Dead? Uh, Oskadar Cemetery. Oskadar Cemetery. We're willing to pay for the trip, and we're willing to pay for the voyage back, but we're looking for someone who can wait for us, and then we'll have no problem just taking us back when we're all done. We don't want to wait for the ferry. He sort of looks you up and down. And he's like, he says something to Fair, and Fair says something back to him. And he says, he sort of looks like he's thinking for a minute, and he says, uh, uh, 10 pounds, which is, wow, a lot of money. <laughs> hey, it's less than 50 pounds. 
10, what, 10 pounds pounds or 10 Turkish pounds? I don't know. It's got the little L next to it, so. Oh, that's 10 Turkish pounds. That's like. Isn't this a Turk uh, run by the British right now? So it's regular. No, Tur Turkish pounds. Like, that's, that's like, like a. a yeah, that's like a, a handful of washers. Oh, cool. <laughs> Here's some pennies. <laughs> Take these one pence. No, he's he's actually asking you for a very large sum of money. All right. Well, I'm I'm willing to provide this. I'm I'm willing to to uh, ask for a large sum of money. Or I'm willing to give it. I've got forty pounds left uh, in in my pocket. I'd have to go to the bank to get more, but uh, I, I give him ten pounds, leaving me with forty. So before, okay, he takes your money and he says, you know, before you get on the boat. He says, now you're, you want me to take you there and then wait for you, you said. Yeah. Yes, I want you to literally wait and then come back. So 20 now and 20 after. Well, yeah, that was my plan. I, I'm planning on giving him five now and five after. Well, yeah, he's, no, you got to give me the money now. <laughs> or you don't get on the boat. I can, can I do... A, a credit a credit rating check and just be like I'm I'm good for it like you can trust me I'm not where am I gonna go? Yeah, it's not gonna work. He's he's not impressed by your uh, by your credit. I just, I just don't want him to leave me <laughs> fact, on the if island. Anything, if anything, he looks at you and knows that you've got money. So uh, yeah, he wants it up front. All right, just don't leave me. Oh, you know what? We can have just, well, we're just kidding. We can't have leave Fair down here by the boat. You can't um, leave. I tell him as I as I reach for my ten pounds. Well, why not? Why not? Um, give him the money that he's asking for, and and uh, guarantee that we'll give him more on our return back. Particularly if the the trip is pleasant enough. Sure, I I I'll say I'll give you two extra dollars if you just wait. Okay. Well, he'll he'll wait. Um, oh, it's actually more than I thought. One one Turkish lira in 1923 would have been equivalent to 1.66 US dollars, hmm. which means ooh, probably about um, 15? fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Probably about four yeah. shillings. $15, modern dollars compared to that. Right. So he just got 150 bucks, and he's about to get 30 more. All right. Um, all right. So you all get on board his little boat, and uh, you do notice that there are two other uh, crew members, uh, and, and he, he tells you they're his brothers because it is a fishing boat. And... Um, uh, they get everything ready, and uh, you guys start off. Now, um, I'm going to say that it's about 5 o'clock. Does that make sense? Because you guys kind of wanted to go in the evening. I need you all to roll stealth. It was bound to happen one day, wasn't it? Twelve out of thirty. Okay. I got eight. 
30 out of 10. A 30 out of 10? <laughs> no, no, actually 30 out of 20. So okay. I was looking at Doc's stat. Well, what was bound to happen, Dr. Elizabeth? <laughs> I'm going to show you this because otherwise you won't believe it. Can you see that? I can see your. Uh, can you see the dice? I can't. 19 out of 20. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Frank? 13. So you, you all passed, or Dr. Dawkins, you didn't? I, I didn't. Um, as but you I guys, I was gonna say I didn't pass by by ten, so it wasn't like critical. But as as you guys, you you're you're now, oh, just about a hundred feet away from the dock, and um, uh, this guy Hakim, by the way, is his name. Hakim kind of looks over at you. And cocks his head to the side like this, and you realize that he sees uh, the crowbar. And he says something to Fayer, and Fayer starts to argue with him. You know, like you know, you know like they're they're having uh, from a few moments a heated little argument, and uh, he turns. Fayer turns back towards you. And he says, I am, I'm very sorry, my friends, but uh, he suspects that you might be up to no good. And uh, so he says, uh, uh, 20 pounds. 20 additional pounds? Yeah, and he'll keep his mouth shut. Can I possibly do a persuade and talk him down to 10? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, God damn it. He's kind of got you by the balls at this point. Fine. 20. So it leaves me with 20 pounds. God, that's, right. nearly, that's nearly five English pounds. It's an enormous sum of money. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's a businessman. He's <laughs> just coming out of your cut figure. Yeah. This, this was your idea. This is this is probably you, we've probably just given him as much as he he otherwise would earn That's in a so year. Much. Yeah. Well, let's see. Twenty. He can buy a house now. Well, let's let's see. It's it's twenty times it's twenty times fifteen. So. Yeah. So, um, the trip. Yeah, you guys. You guys feel a little uneasy because they look like you know they're they're kind of rough folk, um, but he's pleased that he's getting the money and uh, yeah, he can probably be trusted. I mean, you don't know; you wouldn't want to be with him alone in a dark alley. But he is just taking advantage of the situation, which everybody else in Constantinople would do too. So it takes about an hour. You go out into the Sea of Marmara, and you can see the island coming up. And it is heavily wooded. It's completely covered in trees. And uh, there's a little dock. You land there. Uh, and it's just opposite. Uh, it, it's just like, like one dock. And the, the ferry has just left. And, um, and uh, do a spot hidden for me. Um, 
Actually, let's pick one of you. Say, uh, Eldridge to a spot hidden. Okay. 39 out of 65. That's pretty good. Um, You're not absolutely sure, but in the crossing, uh, you pass the ferry uh, going back the other direction. Um, and there, there may have been another little boat that left the docks around the same time you did heading in this direction. But um, just before you get to the island, you see it sort of veer off in another direction. And you think that it's a little too small to be a fishing boat, but it was always quite a ways away from you. I, uh, I alert the group and tell everyone that we should hurry and we should be very, very wary of what happens next. Okay. So you, uh, you come to the little dock and uh, you get off the boat and uh, Hakim says, you know, he'll wait for you. A likely story. Um, well, if you want to offer him more money to, to, you know, that you're going to pay him when he, can, when he can come back, he definitely likes your money. Um, in any case, you get off the boat and there's a little you know, couple steps up onto the island, and you're suddenly confronted with this monstrous uh, cemetery going off in all directions. Uh, and like I say, it's all completely covered in, in cypress trees, so it's gloomy, it's dark. Even though the sun hasn't quite gone down yet, it's very dark in the cemetery. And there are people still here. In fact, you can also see some police um, that are, you know, walking around, um, maybe just making sure everything is okay. Um, and there's just endless graves in all directions. Now, according to the little map that you sort of have for yourselves, uh, you know more or less the area that it's in. And as you sort of work your way around to get there, you know, it takes you 15, 20 minutes or so, and the sun's gone down, and it's very dark and gloomy, and there's not, like, street lights or anything like that here. So I assume you have flashlights. Um, but eventually, uh, you find the area that you're looking for, and there's a lot of graves there, and this place is a lot more overgrown. So it's going to take you about an hour, but um, uh, after about an hour, you find uh, Garaznet's grave, and it's Unfortunately, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a tomb. It's got a slab of stone over the top of it, but it's crowded. Um, other tombs are pressed right up against it. Um, it's uh, both in front and in back. It's almost like it's in the middle of a cluster 
of other tombs. And it's old enough that it's worn. Um, the, uh, the epitaph is almost worn off, but you can definitely see Fair says, you know, this is definitely it. It's, it's his name here. He can sort of trace it out for you. Um, and there's nobody anywhere near you. There are still people on the island, but as far as you know, there's nobody right around this area. There's no reason for anybody to be here. They're going to be over there and over there. And um, places like that. I say to the others, I saw that ship kind of veer around the horn. Maybe someone should stay out here while the others stay there inside to uncover what's on there. Well, you're all standing like right in front of it. So Yeah. Is it is it a mausoleum or is it just a It's it's a flat to the ground tomb with a lid on it. Oh okay. Kind of a, an ornate sort of thing around the behind it. Okay. When I hear tomb I think like mausoleum. So it's well, yeah, well, it's like, not, I'm, it's... I'm 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 not particularly good at the the shifting great big lumps of, of, of rock and I and I do have my my pistol with me. I'll um I'll stand guard. Okay. Just you may notice out. I've taken the precaution of dressing in black. Yeah. Just keep an eye out while we lift this up. And I take one corner. I'll take it. Okay. Um, as you begin just to... It, it's pretty heavy, and, and you're, you're struggling with it. it it feels like it hasn't been opened for a long time, but you're not really sure. Um, you hear a noise. Uh, somebody is creeping along the path over towards the side of you, not, not where you came from, but another place. And you get glimpses of this person who's kind of like crouching behind things and moving from tombstone to tombstone, and he seems to be gibbering something. You're not sure whether it's Turkish or something else. Um, as he gets closer, you realize that he's half naked. He's just sort of dressed in a loincloth. He's very old. The, the skin is just hanging off of his bones. He has a long beard. His long scraggly hair, and uh, he 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 sort of he sort of says something in your direction as he sees you, uh, and and Fayer says uh, he says oh that guy he says um, he says just just ignore that guy that's uh, they call him companion to the dead. He's a crazy old, crazy old man. Is he, what is he like a, a, a Turkish version of, of an Aguri? I don't know what that is. Well, they're um, they're, they're Indian sadhus who live in the um, Chandigarhs. No, it's more just like a crazy old man that lives out here. Um, he says uh, most yes. most of the people know that he's out here. He uh, supposedly speaks to the spirits, and. Uh, that's why they call him Companion to the Dead. 
I don't even think anybody knows what his real name is, but he's a crazy old man. Well, I, I, I wonder if perhaps he's he's spoken to um, the spirit of this chap where who's his um, whose grave we're uh, engaged in in the desecration of. Um, Let's hope not. Uh, he, I'm, I'm just going to tell you what Fayer, Fayer is just going to say what this guy's saying. So he says things to like, he's like, oh, good, good, good. You've come to visit them. Good, good. There are a lot of them out tonight and they're all, uh, they're all waiting. And he says, it's good that you're here. It's good. They're restless. Ask him, Fayer, Fayer. Uh, ask him if any of them have any 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 messages they need to to pass on. Fair yeah, looks at you like really. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> uh, he's like, uh, he's like, do you have any you know, messages? And he's like, he's like, oh, oh, he says no, but uh, uh, he says uh, he says they all they all just want your company, and and he's 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 constantly turning side to side. And talking to people that aren't there, and uh, knocking on their gravestones and saying hello, and um, it's quite. Well, he's, he's he's just being sociable. Bananas. <laughs> and he's he he suddenly hops up onto one of these tombs and he sits down cross-legged and he's watching what you're doing. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, go, you know, you need to visit, visit them. Is he going to mind us opening the grave? Oh, you know what? We're just trying to um, let this fellow out for fresh air. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to understand what Fair is saying to him, but he's just like, he's just sitting there watching. Okay. Uh, let's open it. Let's ignore him. Let's okay. As soon as you sort of pry up and and you the the little lid starts. I mean the 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 big lid lifts up just a little bit. Suddenly the old guy leaps up to his feet and he's like, "No, no, don't let him out! No, don't let him out!" And he leaps towards you. Who's who's like? Uh, the three of the three men are trying to open the tomb. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's see who's closest. Uh, we'll say Doctor Dawkins. You're closest. He's just like, no, no, don't let him out. And he well, just sort of he tries well, to I grab you and pull you away. I can't understand him. Right. Well, um, Fair, Fair is telling you what he's saying. I'll say that he's saying he's telling you yeah. not to let him out. Don't let him out. But, okay. Um, now ask why. He says, no, no, you mustn't. You mustn't let him out. He belongs there. He belongs in the grave. Don't let him out. And he, he becomes kind of almost hysterical. Just what do we do? What's wrong with that? Now, he's not strong. He's a frail. Oh, then I'll just push him away. Like, get off Okay, and he just keeps trying to grab you and pull you away. No, 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 no. Uh, well, hold on. Let's put this to the test. I tell Fair to ask the man if 
the, if the man inside of here can tell us what's on the roof of, of his tomb, the lid of his tomb, tomb, what does it say? Um, he tries to talk to the old man, but the man just seems frantic that you don't open the tomb. All right, well, we got to open the tomb. All right. All right, so um, you, you, uh, Dr. Dawkins is sort of half preoccupied trying to keep this guy off of him, um, unless Dr. Elizabeth wants to give her hand, but, um, and you begin to uh, lift the tomb lid off, and you get it to the point where you can sort of slide it over to the side. And that's where we're going to end it for tonight. <laughs> because that's a good spot to end it. If we if we go one one inch more, <laughs> we're going to be here for another hour. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Our players included Thomas McKeon, Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, Wayne Worthy, and myself as Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Patrons of our show can now enjoy recordings of our pre- and post-game conversations when we, fin- when we first publish them. Uh, some of the funniest and most interesting stuff occurs before and after the show. If you would like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and hit the bell button, apparently, and leave us some comments we love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.